type. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hour number three of Green and Growing. Here we are on 95.5 WSB. You found us, whether you're listening to us on the radio, on your computer, on WSBradio.com, maybe on your smartphone. I just saw Robin Walensky walk by with her smartphone in her hand, surely listening to the WSB radio app. And if you're in the car, drive safe. Mike Shields talking about a lot of road work. Of course, it's dry on a weekend so far. So crews are out there doing their work on the interstates. Just be very careful. More of your calls. I'm loving them this morning. I, and it's it's great material to share. And it's good material also that I want to put up on, on the Facebook page. When you search Green and Growing WSB, there's the Facebook page for the show. And just stuff that I think we need to learn from one another. In the first hour, we talked to Temple about um, pests on her hemlock trees. And man, she's got a ton of hemlock trees. And I just think that's fascinating. Better coming from an arborist than from me. But what little information I knew about these pests, HWA, and how it's affecting forests. Uh, Shared that on there. Also, in hour one, Walter and I talked about birds and what best food to attract the birds that you want to attract to your landscape. So I made a cool little chart. Yeah, pat me on the back. I know how to use Microsoft Word and copy and paste pictures. But it was cute. It was fun. It was something that I just threw together to kind of recap what Walter and I talked about. So that's on there, too. I should have been like a kindergarten teacher. I have fun with that stuff. So the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. 404-872-0750. Can talk to Julie and David here in just a moment. And Judy from South Fulton, I think you're calling about something we spoke about in the last hour about pollinators. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, so what do you know? What do you want to share? Uh, you were talking about the cross-pollination of the uh, cucumbers and squash. Uh-huh. They are pollinated by a lot of them by butterflies. And when you destroy the caterpillars on some of your plants, you're destroying butterflies. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Oh, my goodness. So, see, we need them as pollinators. Usually I just think of maybe little hummingbirds, bees, wasps, but butterflies are very, very important. Now, what do you have in your landscape, if anything, Judy, to attract butterflies? What plants do you see them on? I have fennel and parsley that attracts the black swallowtail caterpillars Mm -hmm. and i have maypop vines that most people consider weeds are great food for the uh, gulf fritillary butterflies yeah maypop those are awesome and uh but uh it hurts me when people say they're pulling caterpillars off of things but if they eat your celery or your fennel it'll come back Yes, it's not there are a some permanent things. loss. Right, right, exactly. So, wow, tomato hornworms are the only thing that I will pull off and get rid of. Yep, and those are those thick, green, just weird-looking, uh, bigger caterpillars that are on the tomatoes and things. You can mm-hmm. see them. Sometimes they camouflage in with the stems, but I mean they're they're pretty fat. So you pick them off, drop them in some Dawn, some dish detergent, and unfortunately, I mean unfortunately or not, that suffocates them. So that is one way. To remove them. Well, Judy, thank you very much for that reminder. I, I think I failed to say those things, so I'm glad you did. And we will have on August 21st and 22nd this year, we will have the Great Georgia Pollinator Census. You are absolutely right, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that's really, really important, coordinated by the University of Georgia Extension, and they want you to become 
citizen scientists. So basically, we did this for the Great Backyard Bird Count back in February or March. And this is local in Georgia. This isn't national necessarily. But for August 21st and 22nd, there's a website that you'll go to. And I'll be posting more of it later in the month. But you basically are just counting insects in your area to help the University of Georgia know what's out there. You just choose like a favorite plant in your garden, one that attracts insects, Grab a pencil and some paper for 15 minutes. They just need you to count insects. What lands on the plant? If you see bumblebees, honeybees, uh, caterpillars, butterflies, anything like that. And then you log on to this website and you get a certificate of participating. But it really helps the University of Georgia Extension Office. So, Judy, you are on it. You are going to become my resident pollinator expert because I love that. And Judy mentioned Maypop in her yard. Many of you from here know Maypop, but purple passion flower, that is the coolest flower. And I know it seems the vine seems invasive to people and annoying, but man, if you let that flower into that passion flower, that beautiful, just crazy psychedelic looking purple flower, it is really, really rewarding. 404-872-0750. Julie and Jessup, you're up next. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. Uh, I have geranium plants, and I want to put them in a bigger pot, but the pot has no drainage, no hole. Should I have somebody uh, drill a hole under it? If you can, yes. Drainage holes are so important because you don't want to rot the roots out. Mm -hmm. Yes. I've been in stores, and I can't find any drainage. Uh, on all these pots, and I can't find any clay pots either. You know, I haven't seen as many clay pots either um, as much as I'm yeah. used to, and it, it, it is tough. Now that newer, that tough plastic that they're using that looks yeah. ceramic from a distance, but you get up there and tap it with your fingernails and it's plastic. I don't know why they manufacture those without drainage holes, and it's so aggravating. You can see where a circle is in the base, kind of more or less yes, telling you to drill. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know why they skip that step in the manufacturing. I don't know. Well, I'm going to have to have a friend uh, drill a hole in it because I've got, I've got to move it. It's a small pot, and I bought it on sale, and it's got to be moved to the bigger pot. Thank you, Ashley. I'm enjoying oh. your program. Thank you so much, Julie. That's a great question. Yeah, geraniums, they do best when the soil moisture is evenly maintained, and when the soil becomes too dry, that's a bad thing. You don't want geraniums to get to the point where they're wilting because the leaves yellow at the base and fall off, and it's just really tough for them to come back. Um, so, yeah, you got to be careful of that. You just want to make sure they're evenly maintained with the soil, and, yeah, the water should drain out of the pot after after you water it. And I'm curious if anybody has overwintered geraniums. You know, they don't seem worth the trouble, so we just enjoy them in the summer months, whether they're in hanging baskets or flanking your front door for some pop of color. I mean, they're beautiful, but a lot of people can take cuttings from geraniums and just take those cuttings that are maybe three to four inches long and try to do those. And I think uh, peat moss and some soil and things and try to propagate them uh, just maybe in a cool spot like the garage or something over the winter months and check on the water level and the moisture, like maybe in December and then give them a good soaking. But I'm just really curious if anyone's ever had good luck with those. Like, I, again, we talked earlier in the show, this is geraniums we're talking about, but caladiums. I had caladiums that I was really happy with last summer, 
and tried to overwinter those in the garage and they just, it wasn't worth the trouble. I don't know what I did wrong with them, but they did not overwinter. So I just bought some other ones and planted them. 404-872-0750. David in Decula. Hey, calling from Gwinnett County. How are you? Hey, Belinda. Oh, I mean, Ashley. Sorry hey. about that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> now that he mentioned that, he, he's right. You, you do sound like that. So she, uh, She's got a little more of a southern twang than me. Um, a lot of people ask if I'm <laughs> even from here, which I'm like, well, yeah, I grew up in Woodstock. I've never really left the state of Georgia. But yeah, and she'll be on uh, later today from 1 to 3. So absolutely. Right. Yep, yep. That's great. Well, I wanted to uh, give you a quick call. I have uh, some Encore azaleas. And I've got little tiny black spots on the underside of the leaves and, you know, that's maybe a little yellowing on the top and they just don't seem to be thriving. And I want to know, is that a pest or a disease or and, and what can I safely put on there? There's all kinds of stuff. I just don't know what, what kind of stuff to put on there to no, kill that off. No holes in the leaves, right? No holes. Now, it's not getting eaten. Uh, it's just like some... Um, Really tiny black spotted, doesn't look like a bug. Um, I don't think it's a bug. It looks more just like some kind of, you know, black spot or fungus or something like that. Okay, because I'm afraid of it being black spot, but I don't think it is. Um, hmm. Did they yellow first or are you just seeing the black spot appear right away? David, are you there? You know, and then you weren't thriving and I'm not, you know, getting the, the flowers that you want. And so as I went to kind of inspect that, um, that's when I noticed this black on the underside of the leaves. Yeah. And you're saying the, the leaf doesn't yellow first? Uh, yes. The, the leaf, it's yellowed first, and that's kind of what brought my attention to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if you will, I'd love for you to send me a picture because that could be a couple of different things, and I want to ensure that it's not an insect um, but if it's a fungus or just, I mean, yellow leaves on azaleas, that is common sometimes caused by like just a poor root system. So if they're potted, you know, just not in a big enough pot or if they're in the ground and the roots weren't teased properly when being planted. Um, I mean, that could be caused by a lack of iron to the plant, too. So something to consider with fertilizer. But I want to see for sure what it looks like just to rule out a pest. So, um, David, I'm going to keep you on hold and I can get your email address and send a follow-up, and we'll kind of see what's going on. Pictures are, are worth a thousand words, I tell you. And leaf gall, that's something that people have called about all season long, and that you would definitely be able to identify on the azalea, and that's not as common, I don't think, on Encore azaleas, too. So I want to get you an answer, and I want to get you the right answer, David, so hang tight. Thank you so much for being so patient hanging on with that question. We have time for more questions on green and growing, and all of you have shared such wonderful advice with me and one another this morning, so keep it up, 404-872-0750. And at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to Pike Nursery and what they have in store for you this weekend, something that is a lot of fun and I've seen this plant given out as wedding gifts. I've seen it outside. I've seen it inside. It's so much fun, colorful, a ton of varieties, something you're not going to want to miss out on. So it's 818 on WSB. We're going to step out, check traffic and weather, and we'll be back on 95.5 WSB.
We are back to green and growing here on WSB. Thank you all so much, not only for the great calls and for just listening this morning. I hope you're easing into your Saturday morning, but for interacting on the Facebook page, too. I am a master multitasker, so I'm looking at Facebook while I'm answering questions on the air. See if any of you come up with answers on Facebook and great messages, great pictures on Facebook. Search Green and Growing WSB, and there you will find the page. I've already shared a couple of things this morning about hemlock trees, about birds, a conversation Walter and I had earlier, and I'm definitely going to be sharing with you the feature at Pike Nursery coming up here at the bottom of the hour, because just to give you a hint, like I want to give it away, but I can't yet. That's not my job. So it's a very popular plant. It's easy to grow, and they have very clean lines, makes them very architectural, very modern, it could be given as a good gift. So you got to stay tuned to see what Pike Nursery is going to feature here at the bottom of the hour. 404-872-0750. A quick update on the weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. Now it's creeping up to about 75 degrees in Metro Atlanta. 60% chance for showers. High of around 90 today and the same for tomorrow as well. High in the low 90s and low around 72. Green and Growing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Keeping things easy for you, three things that you could be doing in the garden, in the yard, in the landscape. Maybe some of these things you've got on the, uh, the balcony or the patio if you're gardening in a smaller space. So number one, pick squash regularly to keep up production. And I have seen some amazing potted squash plants on people's decks. They don't have them in the ground. A huge pot, probably at least 22-inch pot. Uh, squash do really well in those, and the pots are side by side by side by side if you want maybe about four of them. So that can actually be done in a smaller area, believe it or not. But you got to be careful. If the vines are wilting, check the base of the stem for sawdust. That's going to indicate that you have squash borers. Hopefully you don't. But remove the infected plants, and it's just a good idea to change the planting location in the future to hopefully prevent new plants from being attacked Number two, we talked about harvesting seed and what fun it's going to be to plant different things from seed, whether it's uh, saving the seeds from your zinnias this year or sunflower seeds. So once the flower starts to fade, let it dry on or off the stem and you can harvest when the back of the sunflower head turns brown. Rub your hand over the seeded area, pull the seeds off. Maybe some of them will drop off or even use a fork. And another thing about seeds, number three, last chance to plant pumpkin seeds. And I'm going to be doing that in the next week or so. Sow them about an inch deep. You want to put some mulch there and make sure you have a large area to give those vines proper room and eight to 10 hours of sun. That's pretty standard for most vegetable crops that you want to grow at least eight to 10 hours of sun a day and maybe have some pumpkins by October. I'll be checking in with you because I don't know. I was also really uh, braggadocious about my vegetable garden back in April and that has not produced much at all. So you live and learn. And I know the problem there. It's just not enough sunshine. So when I'm telling you eight to 10 hours of sun, don't don't cut corners on that and be like, oh, I get about five to six. That should be enough. No, that's not enough. And I was going to touch on an article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution by Bo Emerson. Don't have time right now. But before the end of the show, I will about the corpse plant. That is something so fascinating. Many of you have not seen it in your lifetime, and you may not, but guess what? There's one at the Atlanta Botanical Garden, and I'm going to tell you why that's something that you want to take a look at. Plus, Pike Nursery coming up at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Green and Growing, and you've got time to call 404-872-0750. We'll be back on WSB.
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Last half hour of Green and Growing on WSB. Now, before the news break, I teased ahead to the corpse plant. And we are successfully growing one. Well, not we. They are successfully growing one at the Fuqua Conservatory at the Atlanta Botanical Garden right here in Atlanta. If you're eating breakfast right now or drinking coffee, you may want to hold off while I talk about this right before we talk to Pike Nursery. Because it's the first time a rare plant like this has flowered in the garden of a North American continent. So kudos to the folks that are working so hard at ABG to really make this flower happen. Now, it's a big flower. Corpse plant has a big cream and crimson flower it gets huge and then it has this long long thing that grows up out of the middle of the flower i mean it's it's so big i've seen it online uh in other areas it's native to central africa so that's really something to see here it's just not so common and the way we got it was someone um an ecologist actually at the university of minnesota provided us with the seeds and challenged gardens in other states like florida missouri here in Georgia, just said, you know what, if you can grow this, that would be great. So big, showy, really impressive flower, but it smells. So the reason it's called a corpse plant, it smells like rotting meat or a rotting corpse. I know that's terrible. So the smell is just absolutely awful. It's probably like nothing you've ever smelled in your life. But the reason why, if it smells like that, it attracts flies and other insects because of that rotting smell. And that's what allows the uh, plant to get some nutrition, and they help pollinate the blossoms too. So it's kind of a defense mechanism of the plant, but really fascinating. So great article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution about fun horticultural stuff going on by Bo Emerson. You might want to look more of that up on uh, theajc.com and see the plant. Now, Eric Erickson spoke about it yesterday. Who knew? Uh, He's ahead of me on some garden topics. So really, really interesting stuff. All right, this is the time of the show. We want to bring on Pike Nurseries. You know them. They're located all around Metro Atlanta. And today with us, we have someone from one specific store, the Roswell store, Jordan Seals, who is the manager there in Roswell. Hey, good morning, Jordan. Good morning, Ashley. Thanks for having me on. Yes, you're so welcome. Now, when I think of the Roswell location, I do think of that location very near Roswell High School at like 92 and Woodstock Road. Is that right? That's correct. We're off uh, Highway 92 um, and King Road. Okay, yeah. And so the other one on the other side, like a 400 on Holcombridge, that's actually near Nesbitt Ferry. That's considered Alpharetta, isn't it? Correct, yes. Okay. Well, you've got a beautiful store there. That's where we get our Christmas tree every year. So I'm sure I've probably seen you there. So you've got a really strong background in horticulture. How many years have you been with Pike? Um, I've been with Pike for five years, and I've been at the um, Roswell location for about two. Perfect. All right. So this weekend for us, you've got, I mean, I've really built this plant up, Jordan, so I know you're not going to let us down. Just something popular, easy to grow, and something that even kids could be interested in and not kill it. What is it? Yeah, we're going to talk about succulents today. Um, They're very, very popular, super easy to grow, which is uh, the biggest draw to them. But there's um, a lot of great colors and um, looks that come with them. So they're just really uh, wonderful plants. Um, They're, you know, succulents, they um, those are kind of your plants that hold water and the leaves and stems. Um, so they kind of have an engorged look to them. They have a little fleshy feeling. Um, there's different types of succulents, um, purslanes, aloes, echeverias, a lot of trailing um, house plants like string of pearls, dolphin's tail, 
um, there's just a, a wide assortment of, of succulents. So definitely thinking outside the box of cactus. You know, we don't want prickly pear cactus to be the only thing someone could think of when they think of succulents. Hens and chicks, too. Those are kind of fun. How, do you know yeah. how those got their name? I, maybe not, but that's just well, they, they have a they they have a, like a mother plant, and they create uh, little um, shoots off of them um, that are smaller, and that's kind of the mother's kind of the hen, and the little ones are the chicks. Okay, and you mentioned purslane and portulaca, which for mm-hmm. months, the first few months of the show, as I was planning to put those on the back deck in the summertime, I talked about them as if they're interchangeable. And thank God I had a listener who sent me this really cool video that's like, eh, purslane and portulaca, both succulents, but not quite the same thing. And moss rose is another name for portulaca. So it's got like a needly looking leaf on it, but nevertheless, really beautiful multicolored flowers and then purslane is what i've got and like you said jordan they store moisture in the leaf so the leaf is kind of you know a little cushiony a little pillowy but they don't they don't demand much moisture at all right they're they're super heat tolerant which you know especially right now in this uh, georgia heat um, they, they do really well in that and they don't require a lot of water um, which is great as, as well if you're someone who doesn't like to, to water your plants all the time they kind of, they're kind of self-sustainable now, what's your advice on if we have, you know, some of our succulents, like I've got aloe out on the back deck right now, and I've actually used it a couple of times, <laughs> just cut that leaf off and used it on a sunburn. But with succulents like that, what's your recommendation on when we need to start thinking about bringing those indoors? Uh, so you really want to start bringing them indoors uh, closer to wintertime. Uh, most of your succulents are annual, so they're not going to survive our cold um, our cold season. So once you get close to frost temperatures, you can bring it indoors or into the even really the lower 40s. Okay, that's perfect. And they survive very well as house plants. Just, I mean, it's one of those Correct. set it and forget it. You know, you don't have to think about watering it every time you walk by. Um, something else fun, a class that I did at Pike Nursery back in the late spring. I, well, no, actually it was early spring because it was before COVID hit, was making a terrarium. Mm-hmm. and putting some of the succulents in there. So if someone were to do something like that, fun with the kids, a good little summer activity, what are some of the ingredients, like the best soil mediums that we need to successfully grow succulents, whether in a terrarium or elsewhere? Yeah, so the the, the biggest thing with succulent planting um, in a terrarium or in a, a container or even in the yard is making sure that they have very good drainage uh, for those roots. They don't like to sit in water for very too long. Uh, one product we carry is the cactus mix. Um, that's a, a lighter um, potting medium as opposed to like your potting soil, which is going to retain moisture. Um, the cactus mix is much more well-draining, which allows for those roots to dry out much more quickly. Uh, so that's kind of your biggest thing right there is making sure that that soil drains well. Yes, the the containers, as we just spoke with the caller a little while ago about geraniums, but the importance of those containers having drainage holes. You do not want those to retain water. Yes, and, you know, especially, you know, for beginners, you always want to make sure that um, your containers have holes. Terracotta is a good starter container um, for succulents, um, and just make sure that they have good drainage. The the, uh, planting medium is light like the cactus mix, and then when you water, you still want to water pretty thoroughly, but just make sure that um, that water is coming out of the bottom of the pot. So whether I want to look for succulents for maybe a little gift or some for myself or just I'm still working in the office. I'm not working from home. So it's just a simple little plant to have in my cubicle or on my desk or whatever. Where would I find more information about where Pike Nursery locations are? Uh, you would just go to our website, uh, pikenursery.com. Uh, we have a, a, um, a store locator on the website, which you just put in your uh, zip code and it'll 
um, link you to the closest pike. Uh, you can also go to our Instagram and our Facebook page, uh, which are Pike Nurseries. That's awesome. And y'all have all the ingredients, too, that I would need to get started, whether it's the charcoal that you're talking about, the cactus mix, the mm-hmm. pots that I need for these, everything that I could just scoop up in we my have, arms and carry out of there. Yes, we have everything that you need, and we have a great selection of all of it. Okay. And Jordan, I wish I had asked you this before we went on the air together, but are you at the store right now at the Roswell I location? I am at the store, yes. If you have a second, I'm going to start having y'all do this because I love, I mean, this stuff gets such good attention on the Facebook page. Will you snap a picture or two of some of the really cool succulents you've got in the store and shoot them over to me. I know you've got my email address. You and I and Desiree all shared email addresses. Will you send me a picture or two? Because I want to let folks see the variety of color that are in succulents. You just don't think outside the box of, you know, they, they're not only green. There's so many different colors. So That's that would true. be something fun to share if you want to let folks in on that. Totally. I'd be glad to. They, like you said, there's more than just greens. There's blues reds, purples. There's a wide um, assortment of colors, so I'd be glad to send some pictures. Thank you, and I hope they make it there to Pike Nursery in person, but if not, you can admire them from afar on the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB, and check out pikenursery.com for more. Jordan, thanks for being on the show this morning, man. Thanks again. Enjoy talking to you. Have a good weekend. You too, thanks. And I'll be looking for you the next time I'm in the Roswell location there near Roswell High School, so if you're headed there this morning, please tell Jordan hello. 404-872-0750. A few more moments for some of your calls and questions. David in Buckhead, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey. I'm a first-year tomato grower. Ah, congratulations. My tomatoes are doing well, but things are eating my tomatoes. What do I do? All right, so what do the, I'm assuming, holes in the leaves, or are they eating the fruit? No, holes in the tomatoes. Okay, so... My first thought on that is going to be that it might be a stink bug. A marmorated stink bug kind of sticks their snout in there, and it leads to a hole and then kind of a bruised spot in the tomato. Is that kind of what you see? Yes. Ah, Okay, so there are stink bug traps that can harmlessly attract the insects into the trap and remove them from your tomato. Um, It's hard to do it. No, I I, want to kill (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to trap I'm not, them. I'm not green. I want to kill. <laughs> I want chemicals. Okay. So, like, with well, it, with hard-shelled insects, which I guess the stink bug doesn't fall in that category, but beetles and things like that, something with pyrethrin is good for the um, hmm, for the stink bug. I'm thinking out loud here with you. Um, how about, do you have any neem oil or insecticidal soap, something like that handy in the garage? No, I don't keep that on hand. Sorry. Yeah, no, what, that's what's okay. What's a good brand name or a wide spectrum thing to get at Home Depot or, or Pikes? Yeah, when you go to Pike and look in the uh, look, you know, Bonide. Bonide is something you're going to find with the purple caps. It's usually white bottles and purple caps. Go look at the selection of Bonide. They've got neem oil. They've got the the ones that you're going to want to look for have tomatoes on the fronts of the bottle. And it's definitely going to be something that you're able to spray. Um, And a lot of that is, I mean, it's going to tell you whether or not it's for safe use up until harvest. And a lot of that stuff is because you've already got the fruit. You don't want to harm the fruit. So be sure to look for that. But I I promise you something by Bonide there is going to be what you want. Uh, Neem oil, insecticidal soap. I'm trying to rack my brain really quickly with the last couple of seconds I have here to think about what else. Definitely, I mean, all of that stuff, though, when you look at it, when it's got the fruit and the vegetables on the front, nine times out of ten, that is going to be safe for use right now. So go ahead and get ahead of it, yeah, and you're going to want to preventatively spray the ones 
that haven't been affected yet. But with the the damage that you described, I'm really leaning towards stink bugs. So, David, good luck with that. Just follow the label directions. Make sure you use it safely. I don't want anybody getting sick. But next year, let's talk. As you start to think about planting tomatoes, don't get discouraged. Please try them again starting in next April or so, and we'll, we'll get ahead of some of the problems you may be facing. 404-872-0750. Got to step out, take a quick break, and we'll be back on 95.5 WSB. want to update you on the weather before we part ways today. Thanks to Finley Roofing for sponsoring that info for you. 60% chance of showers today already getting up to 78 degrees, a high of around 90 and lows around 72 and showers tomorrow as well. So be tuned for that. It's going to be a wet weekend and I want to give you some easy things to do in the yard right now. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. I'm going to make these three things fast so I can get to a couple more calls. Number one, last chance to plant pumpkin seeds. Plant them about an inch deep and make sure they get eight to ten hours of sunlight. I'm going to be doing that next week. Number two, harvesting sunflower seeds to keep for next year. Let the flower dry. And then when the back of the head turns brown, rub your hand over the seeded area. Some of the seeds will fall out. You can pick them out. And that's fun to share with the kids and do next year. And number three, pick your squash regularly to keep up production. If the vines wilt, you may have squash borer. you got to look at the base of the vine. Make sure there's no sawdust type thing there. I'd be careful of planting in that same area next year. You may want to change locations, but go ahead and remove the affected plants. 404-872-0750. Nancy in Fayette County, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Ashley. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I have something I've never seen before. My monkey grass, you know, usually you don't, worry about monkey grass you don't do anything to it and this has been there for probably close to 20 years on either side of the mailbox and the last couple of weeks I've noticed I thought something somebody spray painted it it's turning gray or silvery looking Hmm. and I, I can rub it and it doesn't come off so and it's gotten you know uh, first, it was just uh, like a little mist, and that's what it is. But my monkey grass is gray. <laughs> so what I think that might be is slime mold. And slime mold, a lot of folks are seeing that now on their Bermuda. It almost looks carpet-esque in a lawn. But when you just see it on the blades of the liriope on the monkey grass, it's exactly what you described. It's kind of uh-huh. like a silvery gray color. It's yeah. It's a fungus, but the good thing is... It can just be washed off with a water hose. There's no chemical necessary or anything like that. It's just brought on by too much water and rain and just heavy dew in the humid, damp conditions that we've had. Okay. So, yeah, it's not fatal to the monkey grass. So that is good news. Yeah, that is good news. So I should, shouldn't worry about it because in the fall, I usually just go over it with a lawnmower anyhow. Yeah, no, Cut nothing to worry about. And also, you know, you can dig up that monkey grass anytime if you need to spread it out a little more or transplant some of it, move some of it around. You can do that year round with the monkey grass. And you're right to be thinking about cutting it back later. But yep, just the best control is with the water hose. Just spray it and it should be okay. Oh, I have something stuck in my throat. Nancy, thank you so much for the call. I hope I answered that question. 
all of you had such good questions. I really appreciate your encouragement and support, not only of me in this show, but of one another too. We shared some good information with each other. So I leave you with the Facebook page, a shameless plug, but I'm going to be pretty active on there today after the show. I want to show you some pictures of some succulents too from Pike Nursery. So if you're on Facebook, Green and Growing WSB, that's all you need to search for. And you'll see my picture. You'll see the page. And I would love more followers there so we can learn more from one another and just share information. And I'm proud to share what I learn with you all, but I also want to hear from you. So that's good. And you can always call the show. I'm here every Saturday morning from 6 to 9. The number is 404-872-0750. Sad news, if you call that number now, you're going to be stuck talking to Dave Baker. He's not so bad, but he's coming up 9 to noon with the Home Fix-It show. We've had a great Saturday with Jason and with Scotty B. Thank you so much. Y'all have a safe weekend, and I'll talk to you Monday morning with Triple Team Traffic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.